Before we commence this episode, we just wanted to acknowledge what's going on in the world right now. The RISE Collective's mission is to provide a platform for the voices of marginalised youth through creativity and collective action. We continue to stand with, support and amplify the voices of black artists, creators and communities as we work towards equality and social change. We wholeheartedly support the Black Lives Matter movement and those who are protesting on the ground. You can find a list of organisations raising funds towards the movement in the description of this episode, so please donate as much as you can and as often as you can so that we can keep this momentum going. Better Days FM is raising money to show support for the Black Lives Matter movement and for organisations that work to create a fairer world for black people. They have set up a GoFundMe fundraising page, which we'll also link alongside this episode and which you can also find on the Better Days FM website. 50% of the money raised will go to the NAACP Legal Defence Fund in the US and 50% will go to the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust in the UK. Thank you. You're listening to Amplify, the lockdown sessions on Better Days FM. This series is brought to you by the Rise Collective, an organisation that champions young creatives and builds collectives at the forefront of social change. In each episode, we aim to explore a different theme via the work of an array of emerging and established artists, curated for your listening pleasure. Good evening, everyone. Once more, you're joined by me, Amy Parks. And me, Chloe Lalaguna. This is now the second instalment of our podcast brought to you by the Rise Collective and we will once more be with you for a sweet 45, after which you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify. Thanks for all the positive feedback from the uh, pilot. That was very nice to hear. We are still recording in isolation this week, but it wasn't too bad last time quality-wise and it also reflects the title of the podcast. So maybe we'll always have to record in isolation. Yeah, I think we're locked into that one. So what's the theme for this week, Chloe? The theme for this week is relationships. I believe I explained it previously, but it was meant to be pretty broad. Um, Relationships with anything and everything. Um, Maybe not everything, but (laughs) I just mean like non, not just romantic I really wish we had the woman who married a roller coaster on the show today. I think she'd be a great guest. Yeah. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Yep. So be it romantic, platonic, parental, (laughs) plant-based. All the peas. So, yeah, we'll be covering friendships, heritage but also bad relationships, addictions, you get the point. We are here to share content and impart the very little wisdom that we possess. Uh, what comes to mind for you, RE relationships? I think the theme of relationships can really cover everything. It's quite an open, abstract word for me, so I'm hoping for quite a broad response from the inbox. I think it's a really good moment in time to ask people as well because we've all been apart from each other, developing these weird habits and hobbies and ways of being it's like you mentioned in the last show boredom breeds obsession so I'm hoping for some strange stories what does it mean to you well when we discussed selecting that theme I don't think I fully thought about how broad it could be my head just jumped to um romantic relationships immediately Mm -hmm. just because I thought that's sort of like 
a main point of discussion amongst friends, um, re lockdown. I don't know if that says more about me or more about society, though. Um, that my head jumped to that. But we'll see how um, other people have interpreted it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt that we had to make it clear to people that it wasn't exclusively about romance. I think the word brings its own connotations. Do you think you're a romantic? Mm, in some ways, I guess. I don't, I don't really subscribe to the idea of anniversaries and courting and Valentine's Day wooing in relationships, but I would definitely consider myself an affectionate person and I'm also a bit of a daydreamer, so I suppose that would be considered like a romantic mindset, but I really don't know. How would you define a romantic? When I think of romance, I always think of this is like a really weird um, point of reference. But I always think about this one scene from, you know, Girls with Lena Dunham. Mm -hmm. I always think of uh, one line that Adam Driver says to Hannah and he says, uh, if you died, everything would blur. I wouldn't know what a tree was. Mm -hmm. I just think that is so divine. <laughs> um, also, also, um, this isn't what comes to mind. It's just just because I was talking about this with my friend Caitlin the other day. Um there is this part in The Unbearable Lives of Being, which is a book um, by Milan Kundera, where one of the female characters basically walks into this bar and sees this guy reading Anna Karenina, which is obviously like a fat, mm -hmm. like fat book. Yeah. Um, so it's quite the commitment. And then she goes away and reads it cover to cover before sitting in the same bar so you can see, see he can like come across her reading it. Um, and so like they have something to talk about and she shows that she's like interested in the same things as him. Um, even though the author of that book is pretty problematic and is often considered to be quite misogynistic, I thought it was nice to see female infatuation depicted in such a considered way. Um, like the bloody bastard doesn't even notice the book on the table <laughs> when they interact and she puts so much thought into it. Typical man. I love a good read with some two-dimensional lady characters. No, but I think, I think you're probably a bit more of a romantic than me in the traditional sense. Like, how do you feel about public gestures of affection? PDA? Yeah, or like displays of affection. I don't know, I'm trying to think of the most Hollywood examples, like a big bouquet of flowers in public or, like, a flash mob. What even is a flash mob? I don't even really think I know. There are these orchestrations of torture invented by some absolute demon, basically. From what I can gather, people just get together and dance to announce things or get engaged. Yeah, oh, yeah, Like yeah. a pre-rehearsed scene from a musical, but in real life. Yeah, I know what you mean. I can't believe people do that, um do that to each other so no oh none of that um no canoodling in public either mm -hmm. yeah i'm uncomfortable everyone around is uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> it's just not nice for anyone involved <laughs> um flowers i can handle if they're nice what constitutes nice is it like a good color palette or um yeah a good color palette i mean sainsbury's have got the uh one pound fifty little baby's breath bouquets which are really cute um and there's like these thistity ones that like £2.50 as well give me either of those any day over the big £7 bunch they're just bad by design <laughs> <laughs> I sound like such a dick but 
<laughs> I know what I, I know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know what the yeah. little like one pound fifty baby's breath thingies are. They're really cute. I think there's a like there's a little hint there for any suitors tuning in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think on some levels everyone's a romantic. It's just that we all romanticize something different. Like my concept of a romantic gesture might be completely different to yours. You know, the kind of partner I appreciate might not be your cup of tea or the dynamics we aspire to may be different, which is why I'm really excited to see the different ways the theme is interpreted this week. Yeah, agreed. Me also. Well, um, today's episode really was curated by the contributors. Sounds really stupid, but I mean it. Um, Anyway, we've got some wonderful content to share. Um, We've got a single from Abna, a singer-songwriter, model and seasoned poet who was previously part of the Roundhouse Collective and has performed her work at multiple venues, including the Southback Centre. We've also got an anonymous poetry submission, Um, and a selection of equally anonymous relationship queries, which we shall attempt, emphasis on the word attempt, to answer. And to conclude today's episode, um, we are going to play a newly released single sent in by Black Oswald featuring Jax Beats and Rosie P. And just like last week, each of the artists featured today will be showcasing work that interprets this week's theme of relationships and what that word manifests for them. First up is the wonderful Abner, whose work has previously been featured on The Rise's Instagram at The Rise Collective UK. She's really a creative powerhouse. Her words and singing voice are both equally stunning. Abner has provided us with both an original poem and a single, so we're going to play the poem followed by the track. The poem is called Shallow Tongue, um, and she's going to read it for us. It's about her relationship with her heritage as a child of the Ghanaian diaspora. We scatter into the school hall. Preteens. Fizzing. Underarms sticky from the forced football lesson inflicted on me, but here. Here. My eyes light up of the crescent moon of chair to drum. Two tall men, thick with melanin, greet us. Seat us down. They lift a curved root to the palm of their stretched, skinned drums, adinkra symbols etched deep into the wood. The sound, taut and bassy from all the tight stringing. And then they sing to us. Ba 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 she ba ba oh oh she ba 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 she ba ba oh we sing it back and as I belt empty phone calls to cousins. Broken dialect to grandma. Fading memories of orange dirt roads. Patch up. Heal. 
They tell us they are from Ghana. My sore palms, red from all the one, two, three, one, two, three, bidip bum, bum, bidip bum, bum, bum. Worth every blister now. I wear my name like the weight that it is. Abna. They call me their sister. My grin so wide it greets mama when the bell rings so I sing her the melody. My smile pops. No, my love. No, mama says. This is not tree. Not our tribe. This is ga. And in that moment, my tongue knows how weak it is, how shallow, how much she is yet to learn about this place she calls half a home, yet how she will still curl herself towards any hint of it. Because this is what we do. Hang our teeth on vague recollections of grandma smashing for four in the courtyard. Chew on it. Live off the buzz of dad's and Nancy's stories in the kitchen. Cling onto mama's cooking. Cling onto random men pounding African drums to spark up wavering pride in us. Cling onto Ghanaian birthday songs. Fold our skin into wells that keep the black in us alive. Instantly felt it Set me on fire
track was called care to be i really love that she's built and layered it entirely around her voice that's some real lockdown creativity there it's a song that deals with that classic issue where you're falling for someone but you're in that weird middle ground in which you have no idea whether your feelings are reciprocated you can feel that consuming tension in the track i think yeah that song put me in a trance same and that poem is really beautiful in its description of her experience as a child of the diaspora and the struggle of creating a relationship with your heritage. I really loved the image of the fading memories of orange dirt roads patching up and healing and then just having that undermined later on in the piece. Um, and the verse towards the end uh, where she repeats the word cling. Um, I like the idea of you know her clinging to these pieces of her heritage so you don't become distant. Um, thank you so much, Abna, for that. You can find her on Instagram at A-B-E-N-A underscore E underscore B, where she posts more of her work. All of the links will be tagged and posted on at the Rise Collective UK on Instagram and featured alongside this podcast also. <laughs> yeah, and remember we are taking submissions all the time, so just let us know if you have some work that you want to be featured. Yeah, whenever, whatever, we are here to amplify your voices. <laughs> Shameless drop of the slogan there. <laughs> no, I didn't even realise I don't <laughs> Onwards, do you have any relationshipy type questions I can be of assistance with mm. um, that you want to submit to me? All right, what have I got for you? Ask me anything because I'm ready and I know it all. <laughs> all right, um, okay, I have, a, I have a question. Go on. <laughs> I, I haven't ventured out of, uh, say, three mile radius of my home since March. Right. <laughs> I feel like my relationship with this city has changed in that time. Right. So 
while it still very much feels like home, without, you know, the places to go and the people to see, mm. I sometimes wonder now if I'd be better off somewhere, at least for the garden. You know, have you felt anything like this? Has your mm. idea of what constitutes the good life changed since lockdown? Excellent question, Amy. I'm so glad you shared that with me. <laughs> well, I definitely think my relationship with London has changed in terms of I've never felt so well rested. Um, like commuting, working, you know, weekdays and weekends, you don't realise how much time you just like burn through and how little time you have to yourself. Also, how much money you burn through on like transport and stuff. Like I've noticed, oh like, oh, it's insane. Um, I think my relationship has changed for the better um, with the city. Like, in the future, I hope that I'm able to acknowledge the fast-paced nature of it and maybe learn to step back from it occasionally, you know, and live the good life. This is... Mm. that I'm not going to say this is the good life because this is horrendous, but, I mean, yeah. I'm on furlough, so when I just sit for, I sit around all day... Yeah, you just get to appreciate... Does that answer your question sufficiently? I'm not... I think I tangented a bit. <laughs> yeah, no. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I, I definitely haven't been missing those packed morning tube journeys. Yeah, green space is vital too. I'm right in between two parks because I don't have a garden, so very lucky in that respect. Nature is important. No, that's definitely a major point too. We're really lucky to live in a city with an abundance of greenery. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my turn. Ask away. Okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. I would like you to explain to me, it's hard not to make everything about isolation <laughs> or corona, but it's obviously, like, the main thing on my mind. Um, how relationships are going to work now it's illegal to have sex with anyone not in your household? Is that a law? Yeah. Yeah, man. The COVID sex ban. It's real. Um, I mean, I read it on the internet. I think I actually read it on the internet, on the Daily Mail. I saw an article about it, but I think, I think, yeah, I know, but I think, sorry, but I think, um, well, there's just so much information about right now who's to say what's real. Um, but yeah, said it's illegal um, inside your house, so the headline was like, but it's not illegal in the garden. <laughs> oh, that was some weird Tory loophole, but... I, yeah, I guess we'll just be dealing with a boom of exhibitionists in the yeah. next few months. Yeah. I don't even have a garden. Neither do you, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I live with my boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Red Hats. I guess, I guess a balcony counts or maybe a particularly <laughs> wide window ledge, perhaps. How are they even going to enforce a sex ban? Well, the... the, the, the God, it's so shameful that that's why I read it on. But, you know, it just comes up as, like, spam, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so the Daily Mail headline was, like, they'll set up a Tinder sting or something. So ridiculous. Oh, wow. Officer Smith catfishing all these singles. I mean, they, they literally can't enforce it. Like, if you had someone over, what's to stop you saying that they've been isolating with you for the whole time or something, you yeah. know? How can they even tell? Yeah, they'd have to rely on informants. If your housemate had an illegal guest round, would you expose them? <laughs> Absolutely not. Who do you think I am? Well, although both my housemates have both my housemates are in relationships and their boyfriends are isolating here, so if they had um, if they had someone else round, that would be quite strange, and it would probably provoke a rather uncomfortable discussion. <laughs> that would create a very awkward living situation. 
Uh, yeah, what a useless law. I mean, I thought we weren't supposed to be going around other people's houses anyway. So. What about couples who aren't isolating together? Yeah. Like, everyone has their own take on it, but I know people that have been going to their partners at weekends and then staying at their own houses during the week because they're still working. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess just Don Cummings it and tell him that you're out <laughs> testing your eyesight or something. Yeah, he basically went on a mini break, didn't he? Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think if there's anything that the past couple of weeks has shown us is that we should really just be guided by our own common sense and compassion rather than listening to what we're told by some Etonian. And the majority of people that we know are avoiding seeing our older family members like we're supposed to be. Um, some friends of mine who still have to work actually have actually removed themselves from their family homes yeah. to protect their vulnerable relatives. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, it's about using your sense, your compassion, and also not getting too complacent because yeah. we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, for sure. But I'm also aware that I live with my partner, so I really don't know how my opinion would change if I was being told to stay apart for months. I swear they haven't even given it an end date. But um, sex ban aside... Um, I'm interested to see when people start face-to-face dating again. Like, I know, like, I've seen a few people that are definitely, like, on a first date in the park where they're, like, sat, like, a metre apart um, on the grass. Um, Yeah, that's the question on everyone's lips there. I really don't know, but I think a good rule of thumb is when the pubs open again. Mm. I don't know why, but I've come to associate the opening of the pubs with the end of lockdown. July 4th, I think it is. I think that's what they're saying. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I really think it might change the face of relationships. Like, maybe there'll be a stunt in birth rates. Um, people are having less kids anyway because of the environment and stuff like that. Um, I don't blame them after this shit show either, but... <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be, like, the opposite of the boomer generation. What's that? So, like, what's the opposite of a boomer? Like, a deflator? A <laughs> deflator. A generation of deflators. Bleak. <laughs> Grim. So we've got a poetry submission now, the author of which will remain anonymous, but luckily that means that you'll be blessed with a reading from your velvet-voiced host, Chloe. You're too kind. There's a little description in here to preface it as well. The author says, I wrote this when I was away and feeling super lost and low. I felt like I had totally lost who I am and my sense of self and was just desperate, really. So it's about my relationship to the self. Take it away, Chloe. Morning comes, my body exposed as I lie. Darkness slowly spreading through my veins. With each constricting breath, it consumes another part of me. My eyes, vacant obsidians, blackness coursing. The veil of memories flood my eyes. My lungs, now deep, dark pools, as if you could swim in their despair. My poor heart, a deepening vermilion, each breath shorter, darker. I pull myself away from my bed, the black sticky residue stringing away from my skin like glue, becoming my shadow. I face myself, the deep grey of my skin gasping for breath, longing for familiarity. The light of my past glinting through the shadows. Another me, a brighter me, softer, with passion ruby lips and sparkling yellow laughter on her tongue. 
the memory taunts me as my drained self stares back gasping, desperate for life, for colour, for me. That last section was pretty haunting. It was weird listening to that back because I pre-recorded it, so it's like, <laughs> here's you speaking from earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, such a wonderful, wonderfully written poem. Um, thanks for that. It's very, it's just simply titled Relationship with the Self. And my favourite line is that, in that is sparkling yellow laughter on her tongue. I think that's really lovely. Yeah, I agree. And a really stark depiction of depression too. I also think that it's not often spoken about in terms of your relationship with yourself. Like, it's normally to do with body image, mental health, or, like, your how you feel about your external relationships with people rather than your relationships with what you know to be yourself, you know, and in turn, like, mm. past self. Um, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I could, like, it can be a really difficult thing to look back at yourself when you're in a dark place currently and remember um, when you were super happy and carefree and, like, reflect on that and wonder if you'll ever get back there and where that person is now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that feeling of dissociation when you look at yourself that's really jarring. It's like looking at a stranger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much pressure um, to at least appear like you're having a great time all the time. Um, let me tell you, that is simply impossible. You simply cannot possibly be having the best time all of the time. <laughs> no way. And if you were, the best time wouldn't mean anything anyway, so. Very true. <laughs> now for the tea. <laughs> we are going to be your agony ants for the day. This is literally my dream job. I feel your calm disposition makes you far more suited to this role than me. <laughs> um, I'll try and t- uh, tailor, not tailor, temper my uh, erratic Oh, Taylor too. My erratic responses. No, you've got this. You're full of good advice as well, so trust your wisdom. I mean, you've literally already calmed me down just by <laughs> chatting with me today. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> first query. Thank you to everyone that submitted. We actually were overwhelmed with questions in the end <laughs> um, after the initial, like, pushing of our friends. Um, so... There is no way we're going to be able to answer all of them, unfortunately. Um, Okay, let's go for this one first. Um, Also, these are all anonymous and were submitted via our web form. Okay, this one actually is about romantic relationships. What is the weird relationship between some men our age and a complete obsession with philosophy? And why do I exclusively date these people? Thank you, anonymous submitter. Um, Amy? (laughs) Oh, good. Well... We don't know who you are, so you're you're going to have to try and understand why you exclusively date those people. And also there's a difference between being obsessed with philosophy and being that dick that goes around imposing his philosophical beliefs and moral superiority over people. Very true. I like that question. Sorry, I'm just reading the question back. It's like a double whammy question. Relationships <laughs> with men and relationships their relationship with philosophy that um she really understood the uh the theme that um i'm oh god that was me assuming it was a woman we don't know that (laughs) um i mean i think it's about being on a moral high horse like the men are insecure you know like to have one up on the intellectual spectrum Mm. mansplain territory (laughs) yeah it definitely it definitely stems from insecurity but also 
Also, I don't understand this obsession with debating. And I'm in two minds about it as well, because on the one hand, women historically haven't been encouraged to speak up with our random opinions like men are. So perhaps that's why it's so jarring to me. But I feel like a lot of men really do go out of their way to make themselves seem like the authority on a subject. (laughs) I'm definitely not the type to seek out conflict of any sort. So debates always seem a bit aggressive and macho to me anyway, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like some men tend to take the logician role too seriously. My best advice, I think, would be to just avoid control freaks. Um, you probably exclusively date these men because you're caught in a, in the trap of the patriarchy and are led to believe that a necessary attractive trait in a man is his intellect and therefore a, his ability to exert some kind of power over you. Um, like most hetero men like to be more intelligent than their partners or at least exert that energy, mm-hmm. um, that hierarchy. So, yeah, you're probably just hyper-intelligent and I think these men are probably scared. And need to get a grip and sit back and let you do the grip. Those are my thoughts. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, we have have a question here. It's really good stuff. It says, I'm worried about the relationship that I have with avocados. I previously did not enjoy them, which put me on some moral high horse in my mind. Because as we well know, they are an unsustainable fruit. And I truly try to be a sustainable queen. However... As of late, I love them. I love them. I want them for breakfast every day, (laughs) smeared on toast with garlic and feta. Please, what is a healthy relationship to have with avocados? Please, can I first say to the anonymous submitter that you are no longer anonymous because your utterly (laughs) unique spelling of the word avocado gave you away, so thanks for that, babe. You really outed yourself there. I also try to be a sustainable queen, but I go through major food cycles. Sometimes I'm like... um, like eggs only eggs like all I can think about is eggs for breakfast um and like I actually genuinely could not think of any other food that I could possibly eat for breakfast other than eggs but then I wake up three days later and I'm like that is disgusting how did I ever (laughs) eat eggs for breakfast (laughs) eggs are so weird man yeah (laughs) once I get into my head what they actually are I can't stop thinking about it and it puts me off every single time anyway um anonymous submitter In terms of your efforts towards sustainability, I applaud you. You're right. Avocados are a bad one for deforestation and they hog a lot of water. Like almonds. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But but I would also say maybe don't stress about a couple of avocados. In terms of the food and agriculture industry, I think some major restructuring needs to happen to make any real change. Like, yes, our individual efforts are important, but... Industrial farming and a culture of abundance undermine those efforts slightly. So I think you're good, as long as you're not wasting food, being moderate and considerate and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm happy to hear that avocados have brought you such joy in this time. And and I wish you the best of luck on this journey. Bloody hell! What response? I don't think she was expecting an in-depth analysis of the agricultural industry. I take this job very seriously, Chloe. I've got some hot takes on some very lukewarm topics. (gasps) Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel avocados had their heyday. Um, but yeah, best not maybe resist your natural food urges given the boring circumstances we're currently existing in. So what if your relationship with avocados is unhealthy? So are pretty much all lockdown relationships. True. You're trapped in your own kitchen, no guilt, eat away. 
self-care only. <laughs> um, let's go to the next one. <clears throat> this one says, I never get the t taboo of talking about exes and the PTSD suffered from breakups. They are all defining aspects of my life. Shit, I don't know why I'm reading this like so stunted. I ne Sorry, I never get the taboo of talking about exes and the PTSD suffered from breakups. They are all defining aspects of my life. Should I just keep to myself or keep talking about it? Don't want to be considered the crazy ex, XOXO, exclamation mark. Oh, no, you should never worry about that. Don't. Don't feel ashamed for speaking your mind. It definitely doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's just that these emotional chats make some people uncomfortable. So surround yourself with people who will listen and not judge you and all that jazz. I'm reading an interesting book at the moment by John Ronson and it's called So You've Been Publicly Shamed, uh, in which he describes humans as a mass of vulnerabilities and like who knows what the trigger will be for a reaction. And he visits this group of people who are experimenting with radical honesty. And they subscribe to this idea that you shouldn't censor yourself for fear of how you'll be perceived. And the author isn't the biggest fan, but it's a really good read. And I would definitely encourage you to speak up about your past. But also know when you've exhausted the subject for yourself. Like ask yourself what you're gaining from opening up these wounds on the regular and act accordingly. Very good advice, Amy. You are very wise. First of all, I think the idea of a crazy ex is a stupid manufactured character that tends to depict this sort of archaic, hysterical... Yeah. Um, listeners cannot see my air quotation marks around hysterical. Um, hysterical woman who's, you know, like, broken because the end of a relationship. Mm-hmm. If you haven't moved forward with your life and you're dwelling on past relationships and that's something you need to consider, but if you have and unfortunately just suffer from damage caused by those breakups or relationships and that is something you are well within your right to talk about, if you're talking about how they've made you feel, um, also they should only be made to be defining aspects of your life if you've learned from them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if someone tells you you talk about it too much, talk to someone else. Or talk to a therapist or use a phone line. That's a shout. Or talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep just keep sending your problems in. Um, all right, I feel like we need to speed these up or we'll be here for days. Okay. Um, okay, this one. As a relationship progresses, is... God, I'm forgetting how to read. As a, <laughs> as a relationship progresses, is becoming comfortable, in quotation marks, a good or bad thing? I.e., Farting in front of each other, not filtering what you say or how you say it, etc. Um, I don't think being comfortable is a bad thing. Yeah, like the idea that you don't poo. Oh, you know, yeah. like this mm. is not a sustainable, this is not a sustainable situation because there is going to come a day where you really need to go and it is just mm. going to happen. So mm. I don't think it's a bad thing. Is it a good thing? I mean, it means that you're probably closer to that person because you're yeah. not lying about everything. As far as filtering what you say goes, I wholeheartedly disagree with um, filtering what you say. <laughs> but sometimes there is a time and a place and if what you're going to say is going to be offensive to that person, obviously do not say it. If they might not like what you're going to say, then say it. That's some good advice. Thank you. Yeah. 
And yeah, I think being comfortable with someone doesn't mean that you can't be spontaneous or like try new things. So true. Okay, next question. This one says, Hello ladies, I'm developing a really unhealthy relationship with ASMR YouTubers. Help. P.S. Love the show? (laughs) Question mark? Oh, thank you. (laughs) We could answer the question like this. Oh my god, yeah. Is that a good idea? I think it's probably quite relevant. Okay, I have a confession. What? Sometimes I listen to ASMR because it's quite hard to sleep in lockdown. Even talking like this is more relaxing than how we were talking before. Maybe we should do the whole podcast like this. Um, I have been obsessed with a YouTuber from rural Sichuan province in China. And she basically does similar ASMR videos, but she creates, like, whole products from scratch, like, from soil to final product. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I hope that answers your question. I don't know whether it did or not. Okay, let's go for this one because I think it's beautifully written. (laughs) It says, I've been debating giving me plant more attention It has just sprouted from a seedling and I'm super proud of it. But I've heard there's something to be said for talking to and interacting with plants having a positive effect on their growth. I kissed a leaf the other day and (laughs) gave it a drop of wine because I'm so (laughs) proud of it. Is this excessive or do you think it might be grateful in some way for the love I'm giving it? Oh my God, no, that's beautiful. That Yeah, that's a really wholesome relationship development i'm all for being proud of your plans i think you should maybe you should play a um the journey through the secret life of plants by stevie wonder which is his album from when he, <laughs> oh, scored, yeah. a do- he scored a documentary about plants and that album was the result but don't listen to it it's not that good um no i mean i'd be happy with a drop of wine <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. As long as, yeah. I don't know, is alcohol harmful for plants? I mean, I'm I the worst. Mine die after like a week and I swear I do nothing wrong. Like I literally follow the instructions. So I don't know. Um, yeah. It sounds like you're doing the right, right thing. Sounds like you're really passionate about it. Sounds like you also could be a little bit lonely, but <laughs> that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that's another question for next week. Right. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Just great plant parenting. Next question, next question, next question. What is your view on women often censoring themselves in front of usually new partners so that they never really say how they feel or get political to seem more carefree and attractive? No. no. Bullshit. No. Put it in the bin now. I, I, can't, I, like, I don't even know where to begin with that. But my view of women censoring themselves is that to be seen as, like, soft and feminine and, you know, just, like, so easy and relaxed and, you know, not highly strung or bossy or it's just ridiculous. And, I, no, I think we've outgrown that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's just that it's the cool girl thing isn't it oh yeah just like i'm super laid back i'm so chill yeah exactly exactly the cool girl doesn't exist i think i've read that theory online before yeah good question um but we won't be focusing in on it next inclusion (laughs) 
Thank you, next. How should you go about it if your partner's family say something racist, sexist, classist, or just something you deem wrong? Good question, because this person is talking about their partner's family, mm -hmm. not about their own family. Yeah. Um... um. I say still challenge them on it. Do you? Yeah, you don't have to be aggressive if that's what you're worried about. But there are ways to like tackle discriminatory views with love and compassion. But for sure, yeah, definitely challenge that if it rears its ugly head, and don't back down if they start becoming upset. Because if they're like happy to spout their trash opinions, then surely you can as well. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I agree. I'd like to think that I would. Um, I'd like to think that I would challenge someone in that situation, I'd probably speak to my partner first. Mm. Yeah. And be like, did you think that was inappropriate? I, oh no, I'd say I thought that was really in, r ridiculous to say. And then probably... It definitely also like depends on how long you've known them and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also, should that matter? Because, you know, um, mm. saying something that is deeply offensive is like, it definitely, definitely needs to be called out straight away. Yeah. Um... Maybe you don't want to get involved with that family if that's the case, or maybe you need to. Um, <laughs> maybe you need to um, just tell them. Yeah, just away. tell them. Just tell them. Just be kind. Remind them that everyone gets it wrong, but that's no reason not to try and educate and develop themselves. <laughs> and also, don't expect them to change their mind immediately. Like that kind of stuff. That, that kind of unlearning happens over time uh next question right i once did a bad thing to an ex-partner and have always wanted to apologize for it verging on almost five years since i've been with them and it's still on my mind oh my god is it too late slash weird to apologize now that is heartbreaking Aww. this is not what i expected the variety of questions <laughs> submitted are quite i once did a bad thing to an ex-partner was it um I mean, I feel like you must have done something really bad if it's still mm -hmm. on your mind after five years. I would be interested to know what that is. Um, <laughs> just for the drums. Just for the drums. Anything but else. Like <laughs> five years and you did something, you did something still on your mind. You're either, if it's still on your mind, that makes me think that it's pretty bad. You could send them a message, but then if I were to receive that message, I think I'd be like, why are you texting me? It was five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think after five years, this apology is probably, like, more for the person than for their ex-partner. So true. Yeah! Excellent point, Amy. You can... That guilt is one of the hardest things to live with, and it's often harder than... This is not me excusing people that do bad things, but guilt yeah. is far hard. Guilt, knowing you've done something wrong, is far more difficult to live with than someone, you know, doing something to you that you can then, like, work to get over. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I think if it's hanging over your head, it's not too late. Like, why not send an apology, but don't expect a reply or acceptance? Yeah, I think you should take a long, hard look at yourself and <laughs> and just ask yourself really honestly if you think that your ex-partner would benefit from you sending that message or whether or not you are simply sending it because you still feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Good advice. This is the last question mm -hmm. of the day slash episode. 
why do I love soft boys so much? Now... I want to do that every week. I do want to do that every week. Although I feel like we just did a lot of talking and probably enjoyed it far more than the people listening. But, you know, that as, as is the nature of the game. Um, I feel slightly overwhelmed, actually, now. <laughs> slightly overstimulated. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just wanted to pop in a disclaimer here. Um, I can't speak for Chloe. Yeah, but... you, you can. <laughs> But we don't know what we're talking about most of the time. So take that advice with just a pinch of salt. Um, to close today's show, we've got a really nice track sent in by Black Oswald, who features on it alongside Jack Speaks and Rosie P. It's called Chills, uh, and it's out on Spotify now. came out in 2020. And, um, yeah, they've kindly submitted some words on it for us. Um, so I will play that, and then I will just play the track after. Yo, I'm Jax. I'm Black Oz. And I'm Rosie P. And today we are here to talk about our new single, Chills. So Jax and I actually met through a previous project that we were both involved in at uni where I played saxophone and he played guitar. Um, um, When that came to its natural end, we eventually... (laughs) and I say eventually because it did take some time we eventually realised that we sort of had what the other one needed musically in terms of the fact that you know Jax had a huge back catalogue of all these beats and projects that he'd been working on but didn't necessarily always have the melodies Um, and I was able to write the top lines and the melodies for these but didn't always have the technical capability or the skill um, needed to be able to like produce my own tracks. So I probably started making beats in high school, just like in my free time or whatever, but never actually studied music tech or production. All my knowledge just like come from experimenting, listening and watching YouTube videos or like tutorials online. out of just like pure interest and enjoyment to be fair. Um, Logic is like my version of like a PS4 or Xbox basically. When producing, I tend to either start with like a chord progression on guitar or program some drums and then like put a progression over that. So the main thing for me is just like enjoying the process, man. Um, so I've like dozens of single progressions, half finished projects and like ideas, or as I like to call it, like the creative blur. But then later could potentially evolve into a song collaboration or anything really. And yeah, this is how Chills came about. So I probably wrote the riff over a year ago now and just recorded like a simple jazzy progression and a riff over it. That got tucked away and then a few months later I stumbled upon it and then decided to chuck some drums on it, form some sort of structure and then thought it would be lush to get some sweet, sweet sax, which is when I pinged it over to Rosie P. She added some ideas and then I did like a cheeky restructure, beefed it up a little and then she, she suggested sending it over to Oz and then a few back and forth later we had some sort of song. Yeah, so lyrically, Chills was drawn from my own personal experience about meeting someone who is on the same level as you and that sort of excitement that comes with it is sort of about meeting someone who gets where you're coming from because they share many of your attributes and many of your flaws as well. And the song has that underlying tone of how these flaws, although, yes, it's great to know that they understand where you're coming from, how they can actually be quite detrimental. And it's sort of like adding fuel to a fire and that inevitability of 
leading each other down the wrong path so knowing that it will probably come to an end sooner rather than later um but yeah this is our first single chills i just want to say a quick thank you to the rise collective for having us and i hope you enjoy run out of my magic surprise 212 it's funny how i feel right now Trying to keep it chill right now Lost sight of what is real somehow But girl you give me chills like wow It's funny how I feel right now Trying to keep it chill right now Lost sight of what is real somehow But girl you give me chills like wow It's funny how I feel right now Trying to keep it chill right now Lost sight of what is real somehow But girl you give me chills like wow She had a sultry smile Confidence for miles, the kind of energy that makes a man go wild and feeds his vision of first decision traverse insistent designed to keep our minds indifferent. Divine light glowing from our eyes, washing through the night skies, warding off the evil that resides inside here lies. The glory of a broken mind that has healed with time, only voiced falsely by I'm feeling fine. But it's not true, yet I see you and you see me. Forget the past and we could be a beautiful anomaly written in astrology, laced with animosity to forces that could never be. Unequivocally dishevelled But tonight we reveled Holding hands as we danced with the devil Unequivocally dishevelled But tonight we reveled Holding hands as we danced with the devil It's funny how I feel right now Trying to keep it chill right now The sight of what is real somehow But girl you give me chills like wow It's funny how I feel right now Trying to keep it chill right now The sight of what is real somehow But girl you give me chills like wow Peak my interest as we stray from the mainstream Complex princess in a nihilistic daydream And as twisted or afflicted as we may seem We glow together effervescent like the days gleam And I stay keen if not a little distant Nothing is forever, instability's persistent Yet we still endeavour seeking respite in this instant To find some meaning to our unrenowned existence A sweet distraction, fatal attraction Souls intertwine, gravitational interaction this be real or simply self-satisfaction meaning of your words contradicted by your actions some things can't be explained so we go on showing little refrain find a way to numb the pain and learn to love again hey. it's funny how i feel right now trying to keep it chill right now the side of what is real somehow but girl you give me chills like wow yeah looking for an end to these troubled days to find our answers and change our ways we don't know how it's gonna play just live your life and trust in fate it's funny how i feel right now trying to keep it chill right now my side of what is real somehow but girl you give me chills like wow it's funny how i feel right now trying to keep it chill right now my side of what is real somehow but girl you give me chills like wow Funny how I feel right now, trying to keep it chill right now. The sight of what is real somehow, but girl, you give me chills like, wow. Thanks for that, and the info too. I really like that one. Um, everything relevant uh, for the artists featured on that track and on this episode will be made readily available. Amy, any closing thoughts? I really love the sax on that. And also Oz's flow is so nice as well. Um, fun fact yeah. on that. 
Go on. Jax Beats and Ollie Davidson, aka Black Oz, mm. have never actually met in real life. So that's a fun lockdown story and a little encouraging bit about building creative relationships online. Perfect. That is an incredibly topical and superbly timed nugget of information. <laughs> Thus concluding this week's episode. It's been a pleasure. As always, thanks to Better Days for having us, um, to everyone that contributed. Yeah. Better Days FM is raising money to show support for the Black Lives Matter movement and for organisations that work to create a fairer world for black people. They have set up a GoFundMe fundraising page, which we'll also link alongside this episode and which you can also find on the Better Days FM website. 50% of the money raised will go to the NAACP Legal Defence Fund in the US and 50% will go to the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust in the UK. Thank you. This show was first brought to you on Better Days FM, where you can listen live every Monday evening. We'd like to thank Abna, all the anonymous contributors, Jax Beats, Black Oswald and Rosie P for submitting to this evening's episode. This show was produced by Amy and myself and sound designed by Claude Barb Brown. With special thanks also to Kyle Sarisha and Marla from the Rise Collective. Speak soon.